New Book Tuesday back on the air for January 30th, 2024. Wrapping the month up, first month of 24, and uh, one of our librarians already had a panic attack about that, so that's fine. I'm Jeff Besserman, Adult Services Librarian. You can find me upstairs or sometimes downstairs with a microphone in my face. Moving on to Casey. I'm Casey St. Clair, Head of Youth Services. I'm Heidi Griffin, also in Youth Services. I'm Sarah Kelly. I'm an Adult Services Librarian upstairs. And we can prove it because Sarah is going first this week. Having returned from a very cold climate... Bird's eye view of this world. You're brave and adventurous. And what'd you read? (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, the book I have is called The Age of Deer, Trouble and Kinship with Our Wild Neighbors by Erica Hauser. And it just came in today, so it's brand new. Um, It's a nonfiction book. It's been making bestseller lists. It's had really good reviews. And it pretty much tracks our long and shifting relationship with animals, particularly deer. Um, and while the book like talks about the role deer have played in American mythology and just how they're disappearing due to human activity, but there's also, you know, overabundance too in some areas. And I thought it was interesting because the other night when I was driving home, um, there was like a herd of four or five deer going down the street, coming out my car. (laughs) And yeah, so I had to like kind of just stop and just wait. Um, But you know, it's kind of sad when you see that because you know they're just being pushed out of their their habitat. And yeah, so this book kind of talks about that and just our relationship with deer in our society. Um, And I just started, I haven't finished it yet, but it's pretty interesting. I learned that in medieval Europe, um, deer represented wealth, which... I don't know. I feel like we don't really feel like that anymore. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. There's just so many of them. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's a good read. So Can far. I ask, is the author a scientist or a like, sociologist or something? No, she's just a writer is what it sounds like, but she's been observing like scientists and um, how they've been tracking deer now. Um, and just, yeah, but Yeah. <laughs> If you've seen the uh, big Netflix movie, uh, Leave the World Behind, uh, deer play a very uh, very big part in that, and it's interesting. It's used for, I would say, anxiety-inducing uh, effect in that movie because suddenly deer just starts showing up, lots of deer, more and more as the movie progresses and we move closer to something that's somewhat apocalyptic. The worse things get, the more deer show up in in the yard. And it's oh, a really yeah, yeah. it's a really interesting yep. thing. So yeah, right. it's on, yeah, it's when you mentioned this, it's it kind of on the brain for me. I, like how animals can sense when danger is coming before yeah. humans. Yeah, yeah. There's something extra going on there that we don't understand, nor can we. So right. yeah, mm-hmm. pretty interesting. Yeah, um, and it talks about how like we've kind of viewed deer as like innocent wild creatures, but also as pests who eat our gardens and stuff and mm-hmm. yeah you can't have it both ways no, yeah. no. do you love yeah. them or don't you yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> thank you disney uh very interesting um you said it's topping charts uh sell, sales charts is that true yeah is that, okay. yeah that's cool that's doing well i mean that's the I kind know. of book you want to do well i think uh right. so that's that's cool yeah. Excellent. And our copy is here. Well, it's it's right yes. here. I'm looking right at it here on the desk. So uh, There's very, very interesting. System, very excellent. cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, our relationship with animals is interesting. Uh, I, I can air this out, too. I know uh, Sarah had a really bad night uh, two nights ago because her dogs kept her up all night. 
they, oh. were, they, they were not uh, yeah. they were not conducive to comfortable sleeping. <laughs> they were uh, right. hogging the bed. So when you said a relationship with animals, I'm like, oh, I know your relationship with animals right now. Well, one of them looks like a tiny deer, That's like true. a little doe. That's very <laughs> All right, fantastic. Well, thank you, Sarah. It's wonderful to have you back. Um, let us know of any major um, expeditions you have coming up, all right? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> good. It's good to be back. Absolutely, I would think. <laughs> and we will be back right after this. All right, Heidi, what are you going to talk about today? All right. Well, in lieu of the um, Newberry Award being announced, um, I decided to share a book that I read a while back, but it did win a Newberry honor. Uh, Simon Sort of Says by Aaron Bow actually came out last year in January. Um, but it deserves a lot of attention and a lot of credit because it is really, really well done. So in this story, obviously about Simon, we meet Simon, and Simon has just moved to Grin and Barrett, Nebraska. And in Grin and Barrett, there is no internet, no cell phones, no TV, and no radios. So why would they think about moving here? Well, Simon starts his story out by saying, this is why I tell people we moved here. And his story is, is that his dad, who... Um, is a deacon at a Catholic church, was recently fired for an incident involving alpacas during a, the Feast of St. Francis, where they would bless animals. So they would encourage townspeople to bring in their animals to be blessed. And um, being a liturgical director, it's kind of hard to find a job. So he was able to find a job in Grin and Barrett, and that's why they moved. It's also um, notable to mention that his mom is an undertaker, so clearly she can work anywhere, <laughs> and that there was an opening there as well for a slaughterhouse and sons funeral home, and which is also where they live. That's so, violent. Such a violent yes, name. Yes, yes. <laughs> However, this is not the real reason why they have moved to uh, Grin and Barrett. And this is not a spoiler because you can read it on the inside cover of the book, but um, Simon is famous, and he is famous because he is the only survivor in his classroom of a horrific mass shooting. So, yeah, it just took a turn, didn't it? <laughs> Sucked Sarah's all the face. oxygen out of the room. Thank you, right? Um, however, this book does not focus on that traumatic event. Um, in fact, you don't even learn about what happened to Simon uh, other than the front cover, until almost near the middle of the book. He makes like tiny little references about things that have happened to him and his anxiety, but you don't know what happened. Um, and he likes to talk about moving there and his anxiousness for meeting new people. Like That's what he's scared about. So he does end up on the first day of school making some friends. Um, he makes a friend named Agate, and she is an interesting character, 
in this story. Um, the reason that there is no internet and no cell phones and no TVs or radios or microwaves is because the town is surrounded by radio telescopes that are listening for faint radio signals from space. Scientists are trying to communicate with aliens. And they have been there for years and have not heard a thing. And Agate is afraid that they are going to leave because they haven't discovered anything. So she has developed a plan to help make a signal, a fake signal, so that they will stay. And she wants Simon's help. It involves a microwave. And it involves a microwave. Since there are no microwaves, it involves a contraband microwave. I, I believe E.T. phoned home with a CNC, so it can be done. Yes. <laughs> yes. So he does make these friends, and I just love to like how this story focuses on Simon's healing rather than his past trauma. And this book is funny. I laughed so hard. We laughed. I read this as well. I echo everything Heidi has said so far. It is hilarious. Um, The question, I think I asked this question last, when you brought it to us the first uh, time, and uh, and that's, uh, why hasn't Wes Anderson made this a movie yet? Because this just sounds like it totally in his wheelhouse, as you were describing it. Um, it just sounds like that those kind of quirky characters clustered together, you know, obsessed, very hyper focused characters, right. and you know, mm-hmm. with with a lot of tragedy and sadness. I mean, that's that's part of his wheelhouse yes. too, you know. So yeah, so um, it's an enjoyable story, even though the topic does seem heavy. I think it is a, a topic that should be talked about because um, kids are seeing this in the media yes, and they're they hearing about it. Yep. And it's this is a great story on how to cope with maybe those feelings of anxiety yeah. of something that, you know, hopefully doesn't happen, but is possible. I mean, once you start bringing active shooter training into the schools, exactly. it's going to be in their psyche and in their in their cross. So I yes. mean, this is a great way to at least if you can defang that beast a little bit. Great with laughs, laughter, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, too, if you have a presence on social media and you want to forget about it as a kid. Maybe it was an embarrassing story or video, not necessarily the the trauma of that being able to start over and move to a new town, but then people want to get to know you and then you have to start avoiding certain questions. And like Heidi said, this was a really well done story. Yes. And you know, the reason they did move there is because to keep him from, um, being googled and for not knowing who he is so that he could have a normal childhood and even though his childhood is not normal due to all the crazy things that happen with animals and microwaves oh um, and his mom's poor assistant yes losing a body whoops yeah there's dead bodies rolling down a highway i mean it's yeah when my, my, my past uh, comes to haunt me on that one. Yeah. So. <laughs> you know, we always say don't judge a book by its cover, and this is a good example. Mm. Yeah. Okay. That's uh, great. I did judge my book by its cover. Yes. If that's a good segue. That's a brilliant segue. Absolutely. <laughs> to start the year, I was roll, uh, scrolling through reviews, um, seeing what to purchase for the collection, and I came across this beautiful cover called... Um, Light and Air by Mindy Nichols Wendell. And what caught my eye was actually the iron bed frames um, that are on this book and the beautiful, beautiful cover. It takes place in 1935, which the 30s I really love reading about and uh, learning about. My parents or my mom 
renovated a 1930s schoolhouse and we lived there for I think eight years so she restored it back to its 1930s authentic self architecture wise um so I had you were raised in a schoolhouse yes that's so cool school 24 7 I didn't know (laughs) maybe that's not so cool (laughs) so I I have a large affinity for the 1930s and um unfortunately it has some parallels to today with economic downturn and also COVID so this book the plot takes place in upstate New York and it is 1935 and tuberculosis is ravaging the nation it hasn't touched um this particular home until a few pages into the book um a young girl named Holly, short for hallelujah um weird names always bother me in books I wish it was a normal name but otherwise I have nothing but praise for this book um she catches tuberculosis or contracts it, which is more of the technical term. Both her and her mother do, and they are sent a few hours away to recover at this sort of state of the state of the art um, medical complex where a lot of the patients sit outside and absorb the light and the air and get like fresh air into their lungs so that they can power through and recover from tubu- tuberculosis. The one thing that is really traumatizing for Halle is that she is separated from her mother. There's a women's adult wing and then a children's wing. But at the end of the day, this becomes a really good learning moment for Halle in gaining independence and meeting new people. Um, Being away from home builds character. She's becoming more brave. The nurses who help take care of her and the other kids are really kind. Um, And it's sort of like going away to sleep away camp. I don't know if anyone did that, where you're like, I'm on my on my own. I know mom is over there and I'm thinking about her all the time. I'm scared, wondering if she's recovering, but I'm also making the best of it. This is a great book for any child who's gone through a particularly tough COVID story. I don't know if they maybe had a loved one recovering in a hospital and they couldn't see them. That would be This would be really great for a child who's experienced that or anyone who loves historical fiction. It's a brand new release, um, and I would say the focus is family, independence, um, love between mother and child, and also um, surviving a pandemic. A topic we can't quite get away from, that's for sure. Yes. Um, how do they? Uh, how well does the author paint the 1930s? Question one. Mm-hmm. Question two, as a follow-up, do you think kids who read that, the target audience... The 30s are so far removed. Do you think it'll be too abstract for them? I mean, Mm, maybe or maybe not. uh, I think it's evident that for I'm thinking of an example when she coughs into her handkerchief, um, a nurse doesn't want to or one of her teachers she's at school at the time her teacher doesn't touch it. She like lets it sit on the desk and um, kind of the technology differences that we have today with the masking and the vaccines and stuff I think that helps play a a part like why isn't she just wearing a mask or you know I think the medical advances of today kind of help them get transported back into that time where they are coughing into handkerchiefs and using old school stuff I don't think it's above kids to pick up on excellent awesome fantastic that's two fantastic titles that you can get your hands on here in our youth services division <laughs> down here on the first floor. So Heidi and Casey, thank you. Wonderful. We're going to take a break and come back and uh, 
uh, Jeff is going to kind of trash things up a bit. So I've been known to do that on this show. We'll be back. <laughs> Now we have Jeff. Hi. <laughs> I've come to this group to uh, admit something. I've never read a Danielle Steele book in my life. Anybody else here ever read a Danielle Steele book? Hi, my name is Casey, and I've never read a Danielle Steele book in my life. <laughs> everyone, everyone. Hi, my name off. is Heidi, and I've never read a Danielle Steele book in my life. I've never read it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I am in a uh, support group of one. Um, however, as the person who orders the adult fiction titles, I do want to be the type of well-rounded reader who kind of samples everything. And it felt wrong that I haven't dipped a toe in Daniel Steele because whether you like what she does or don't like what she does, she is a juggernaut. She is a... Um, people have accused her that uh, of doing what Patterson does where she just maybe writes the synopses and then has a staff write for her. And that's actually fine. I don't think, uh, but there's a strange purist out there who are like, well, you're not a real author then. And, but that's all subjective, and you know, we'll leave that <laughs> for what it is. Um, so at least four to six times a year, there's a Danielle Steele event because she publishes about four to six books per year. <laughs> and uh, it's that time, everybody. This one is called Upside Down. Titles may not be her, her, her forte, but never mind. Um, and this is easily, this has to be. I didn't do a count because um, I'm a person of words. I can't do that many numbers. We're into probably the 80th or 90th book of her career, I'm Holy sure. Smokes. Oh, easily, yeah. easily, certainly without a problem. Um, I had some interesting memories. My, my late father, who... I read, I mean, he read popular fiction, but he kind of read everything. He'd do some legal thrillers and some mystery, but I do recall him having a Daniel Steele book under his arm every now and then, and I thought, well, this will be an interesting way to connect with my uh, my dad. So um, <laughs> the legacy continues. Um, upside down, and I guess I'll, I'll let me get the review part out of the way first. I will tell you that I'd like to. I, I used to watch beer reviewers on. <laughs> On YouTube, and the the best beer reviewers are the ones who weren't snobs who would say, "Look, this is like a, a cheap pilsner, but I want to review this for the style." I'm not going to tell mm. you that this this cheap two dollar beer is equal to that great IPA micro brew, because that would not be a fair comparison. So I will tell you that whatever it is that Danielle Steele does, <laughs> this is very good for what it is. Mm, mm-hmm. I didn't dislike it. I certainly wasn't bored. The um, word choice and sentence structure <laughs> is about as simplistic as can be, but that's okay for this type of thing. So again, in the style, I would say that this is great for the style. I, I was, you know, um, interestingly enough, she, and I can't, people try to p- pigeonhole her as a romance author. I don't think that's accurate. She's more of a contemporary fiction, but she's certainly not along the lines of, you know, 
what one would think is contemporary fiction. Because in this book, she's dealing with um, ageism and, you know, Me Too type stuff, mother-daughter conflicts, uh, fear of aging. I mean, it's really interesting. We're dealing with, um, uh, you're talking about um, awful names in books, Casey. Uh, mm-hmm. Our main character is named Ardith oh, God. Law. Why? Barf. <laughs> <laughs> Let me spell that for you in case you at home. A-R-D-I-T-H. Ardith. Ardith. I, I liked to- the name Holly <laughs> if it was Hallie. Sure. It just knowing it was Holly in my brain. <sighs> so having to read the word Ardith over and over again yeah. was it just a chore and agony. That was the worst part of the book. Actually, everything else was kind of okay. But Ardith Law, she's a Hollywood icon. She's kind of a Meryl Streep type. She's 62 years old. Um, she... Um, she was married to a Hollywood star, and they had a kid together. The, her star husband uh, passes away in a car accident or something like that. Some kind of accident. I don't even know if it's a shaving accident. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, actually, he was with his mistress when he died, so I guess it wasn't a shaving accident. <laughs> or maybe it was. None of my business. Um, the daughter was very young. She was seven at the time. Um, daughter's name is Morgan. Uh, Morgan has problems with mom because mom wasn't there for her when she was growing up. And so Morgan has become a, um, a famous plastic surgeon on the East Coast, of course. And uh, so the mother-daughter thing is very strained. And um, Ardith uh, <laughs> is, having an, uh, is in another relationship with a gentleman who's another kind of Hollywood icon type guy. Well, he goes over to London to make a movie or whatever. He keels over and dies. So, um, and at this point, Ms. Ardith, uh, oh, it hurts. It's like, <laughs> it's like I have a canker sore or something when I say that. Um, she uh, She's kind of in, a, in crisis. She's kind of, her career is kind of wrapping up. And so it really, and, and meanwhile, her... Uh, plastic surgeon daughter is getting into some relationship issues so really it's kind of ways of mother daughter coming together and working things out um how do they come together is um, there a pivotal scene or a moment couple. there's okay, n- numerous numerous uh uh abc movie of the week scenes that uh, <laughs> would be uh very good but um i mean here's the deal like i said danielle writes the same book every time we all know it. Her readers know it. I just don't think she needs to be penalized for it. She's 76 no. years old. And, you know, they're they're not unpleasant. It was not an unpleasant read. I've mm-hmm. I've read, you know, for some reason Patterson gets a pass. Why doesn't <laughs> Daniel Steele, damn it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, yeah, upside down. It's If you can't grab this one, don't worry, because uh, when you get up tomorrow morning, there's going to be another one <laughs> ready for you here at the Cedarburg Public Library. But I will say for my first foray into Danielle Steele, it was not an unpleasant experience. And I can't believe I'm saying this. I'd do it again. Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna hold you to that. All right, all right. I think good. for me, it's the font of her author name on the books. Oh yes, G- yeah. Gilded, Are you shaking her head. Gilded yeah. font. It's gold. So I can't believe it's not romance. Because <laughs> that just screams romance. Mm-hmm. It is romance, but I was impressed for this reason. It is the 
It is the troubles of romance. It is the dark mm-hmm. side of romance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll get it. You'll 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 get a ladle full of uh, of love. <laughs> ladle full of love. Happy that was Valentine's a, yeah. Day, everyone. <laughs> Sounds like a soup kitchen. Um, <laughs> but um, but um, yeah, I mean Danielle's readers know what they want, and they're going to get what they want. Mm-hmm. And she's no dummy. Um, she knows what she's doing. 76 years old and still cranking them out. And I think, mm-hmm. you want to have fun? Actually, come to the library here because we have, we're, we're deep. We're deep in Danielle Steele. She's mm-hmm. covering an entire stack at this point, a stack being like seven shelves or something, right? Yeah. Upstairs, yeah. Um, <laughs> grab each one and look at the back cover. She she takes pictures in her mansion and she has to go <laughs> to different parts of her mansion. She's running out. So I think she's like, in the, I swear she's going to have like just the, the portal that is left <laughs> the, that the construction workers, there's no corner of her mansion left because she has so books so it's fun anyway and this has been fun it's nice to be back and we will be back next week on new book tuesday here uh production of the cedarburg public library's radio station cpl radio uh story course going on and if you want to know what that is well then just call us 262-375-7640 and we will tell you all about story core we want your stories there you go i did a little marketing don't you love me all right take care and have a wonderful week everybody have a good reading week Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.